Hey, what's going on, day travelers? I'm Jason, and I'm here interviewing park rangers and outdoor enthusiasts just like you, getting their story and tips so you can be ready for your next adventure. Joining us this week is Olivia Loretto. She grew up in Mineral Wells, Texas, and she decided to move to Hong Kong. Let's deep dive into some of her adventures and let's see how she's doing. Because I love Hong Kong so much. I really, really do. But I also feel like I don't get enough time to explore in the other countries. Right. Um, so I was, you know, I, I was, I went to Japan for maybe five or six days and I love Japan. And I went to Thailand, I went to the Philippines. And so I'm like being exposed to all these new countries. And now I'm like, in my heart, I love Hong Kong and I want to stay in Hong Kong. But I also want to know what it's like to live in the other countries. So I think I'm going to be in Asia for at least five years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. But hey, do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. No. Yeah. 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 I think I, Singapore I and Malaysia like, are really gr- growing in pop- like population and um, like popularity. So maybe those are on your list. I don't know if you visited it yet. But those they are. They are. Singapore and Malaysia are. Once the cool thing about living here is that and it's a big reason why I chose Hong Kong is because um, it is in close proximity to everything Um, Hong Kong has a really big airport as well so the flights from Hong Kong to other parts of Asia are actually extremely affordable Um, so most people here usually do a weekend trip to Singapore or Malaysia or to Korea Um, it's really really common that some of the people you meet here have gone to at least 26 to 30 countries because of the location of Hong Kong oh wow that's pretty cool I didn't know that so like yeah yeah. I you know actually that makes sense because one time when I actually went to China so I only visited back China when I was like 12 years old and that was the Mm -hmm. only time I went and we had to stop in Hong Kong and then flying back we were stopping at uh, Macau um but like yeah you're right a lot of flights do just tend to like fly out of hong kong into those little other asian countries that's crazy mm-hmm. so, yeah so it's really nice to have that access i think um, yeah if there is um like a holiday the first person the first thing someone here will ask you is okay well where are you going you know and i've even bumped into friends in you know japan or a different country and it was really interesting because we didn't realize we were going on the same trip um so it's really common for people to just, you know, take the weekend and fly out to, you know, wherever they want. And how are the locals there in Hong Kong? The locals here are very, I, I, I love the locals, but unfortunately there's, there is a big gap between the locals and the expats. Um, what because is the Hong expat? Kong has, Sorry. Oh, so an expat is an expenditure. They're basically someone who has moved to a different country from their own. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So because Hong Kong is a really big business hub, um, mm. a lot of major international banks work here in Hong Kong. Um, there are a lot of expats. Um, so the expat community here is massive. Um because of that, I feel like the expat community and the local community don't mix nearly as much as they could. Okay. Um, so I, with the, the locals that I work with are amazing, and they're we, you know, they're so fun. Um, but I don't get to see them most of the time from outside of work. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I think it's maybe because uh, of the you know the label as an expat. Um, right. But. 
the locals here are really kind. They're, you know, very helpful. And I think um, <laughs> everybody always makes this joke here that, you know, the expats and the locals are kind of, um, they, <laughs> they both have this, um, they, they both have this irritation towards, like, the mainland tourists. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you have a mainland tourist here, it's, completely crowded and so i think there's kind of like this bond between the two over that wow, wow. i didn't know that wow I learned something cool today mm-hmm. so you're in the middle so i've been re- like i haven't really been reading up on it but like on my facebook right now the feeds about articles about hong kong and the protests and stuff like that and you're like in the middle of it like has like what's that how, how's that affecting you in any way um so the protests, I actually live on a major road here in Hong Kong that leads from uh, Victoria Park, which is like the, the big park where everybody meets. And then the protest walks down to the um, government buildings um, in Admiralty. So I live on the road that, you know, leads all the way to the government buildings. And so when the first protests broke out, I think uh, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, I had no idea. Uh, like I said, this is one of those things where you don't realize it's happening because you're part of a different community. And then, you know, you see all the locals going somewhere and then you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so I had no idea what was going on at the time uh, three weeks ago. And you see, I saw all these people in white shirts coming off of buses and heading to my neighborhood. And so I thought that was odd, but I had plans to go to a different part of Hong Kong anyways that day. So uh, we had, I had left that morning. And it turns out that, you know, the protest was happening. And so on my, you know, on my Facebook feed at the time, I'm in a different part of the city and I can see like all these pictures. And then um, I'm part of an expat group online on Facebook. And then, you know, they kind of explain what's going on um, because there were questions of, you know, why are all these people in white shirts gathering in Victoria Park right now? Right. Uh, so then I, you know, I'm reading about it. and I'm like, oh, wow, like, this is a big deal. And so I'm trying to get back home. I think it's maybe like five or it's probably at five o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm trying to get back home. But the problem is, is the trains are skipping some of the stations because they don't want to drop people off in the area because there's so many people. And so we took the bus and then even the bus wouldn't come in this area because of the protests. It took us about two hours to get home, which is unheard of because transportation in Hong Kong is like the best. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard for me to get home. And then once I got to my neighborhood, uh, I saw, you know, the streets were crowded with people in white. I, you know, and I was already wearing white coincidentally, coincidentally. So I ended up walking <laughs> with them <laughs> all Just the way to my in. apartment. Um, so that was the first protest. Um, Hey, I'm glad you're enjoying this episode so far. Please give us a like, download, or review on any platform that you're listening on. This will help the podcast grow, and it will help us reach our first goal of 100 downloads. So it was really hard to get, you know, here at home that week. But after that, everything started to really escalate. Um... The local groups were asking, the expat groups, you know, you're part of Hong Kong as well. We need you to come out. So a lot of the expats started, you know, also posting things and 
um, you know, talking to locals about what was going on with the bill and the protest. So uh, about last week, um, they decided to have another protest, and this time everyone wore black. And the first protest, I believe, had a turnout of one million people, and the second protest had a turnout of two million. Wow, that's a Um, lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of people. My goodness, that's a lot of people. But it was really, it was really nice to see, like, like I said, the communities don't really mesh very often. But I think that it was so nice to see so many people like together that usually aren't together, and everybody was so, uh, so encouraging during the protest, and it mm-hmm. was really nice because they were, you know, chanting in Cantonese phrases, and then the people next to us would tell us, you know, what they were chanting and how to say it, and so everyone was really, really, um, everyone was really kind throughout the whole protest, and I know that the media right now is kind of painting it out as like, uh, like um, like there's bloodshed right now, which. You know, there have been a few incidences where, you know, the police have really hurt somebody at the time. But um, while we were walking down the protest, I think everybody was really responsive and really nice. Yeah, Um, I think I'm not sure if this is like part of the protest. I think I saw a video where like an ambulance came in and then like the crowd just parted. I wasn't sure it was this recent. Yeah, yeah, it was the same video. Yeah, it was the same night. Because that was when everybody had made it to the government buildings. Um, And, you know, Hong Kong is not very big. So two million people around one building was... A lot. Yeah. Scary (laughs) for the people inside the building. Right. And so the video of the ambulance coming through, you know, a lot of times you would think, like, if it's a riot, someone would just, like, you know, push the ambulance aside. And then, you you know, you see pictures and other protests where people get too crazy and then, like, you know, the car flips over. But... I mean, people in Hong Kong are so understanding, so, you know, efficient. They're so efficient. So as soon as the ambulance came through, it was like parting the Red Sea. Yeah. And it was able <laughs> to come through quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was gonna, oh, okay. Yeah, so I also saw another, like, I think it was a, more of a meme. I think it was a picture. And I'm part of this, okay, this, this weird, like, subtle Asian uh, traits group, which is kind of, like, mostly Asian in this Facebook group. And one of the photos is, I think it was Hong Kong, and it, it shows students still studying while protesting. Like, there's, you know, in those white t-shirts, and they're just having their book open. They're like, hey, I'm still protesting, but I need to get an A next day. And that's just, like, that's just so Asian. I'm just like, wow, guys. Really? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, yeah, I mean, they have, I was out there just for the night, you know, for that night, but... Um, there have been students who have been out there for days and um, not going home. Um, I know lo- a lot of local businesses have been taking them food and water. Um, and it's in, we're in monsoon season right now. It's constantly raining. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, they're out there for part of the day, you know, completely wet, pouring rain. And they're just, their clothes, everything is getting so wet right now. Um, but there's like, you know... It's kind of like the Hong Kong spirit, you know, the people of Hong Kong, they're really determined. And right now, yeah, yeah. And I think right now it's really important for them. And so, I mean, it's amazing to see how, like, their dedication towards this. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't know, like, how long this is going to take. Hopefully it's like, you know, it it gets resolved sooner than later. Um, Right. Yeah. 
it's it's just like from my side it's just like oh wow there's a lot of things happening there and i i've only you know been to the hong kong airport but like i look at the map and hong kong's really small compared to like you know the mainland china but like uh, like you said two million people that's a big deal yeah. I, I don't even know how how many people come protest over here i think they're in i don't even i don't even know the numbers but i don't think it's all the way up to two million <laughs> um right yeah yeah it's amazing i you know i've been to a couple of protests in the u.s and you know there there are numbers but not like that yeah yeah well i'm glad that you're utilizing your freedom and you know speaking out your for your for what you believe in um but yeah, also be yeah. careful and you know i hope you hope everything's okay and you can keep traveling and exploring more places but however if me or anybody would come to Hong Kong, like what would you recommend like some of the places to check out, like outdoors wise or even in the city? Right. Um, well, my biggest surprise when I was doing research on Hong Kong is how uh, how much nature is surrounded by the city. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people think of Hong Kong and they think of like the urban lights and the, you know, the, you know, the big tall buildings and everybody's living so close together. And um, which is true. I mean, it definitely is, you know, a really tightly packed city. But at the same time, we're surrounded like beautiful mountains. And um, the beaches here are fantastic. Hong Kong is see if I like it. So um, I guess definitely if you come to Hong Kong, even if you're just, you know, going to be here for a couple of days, try one of the hikes. There uh-huh. are a lot of hikes here. Um, and- and is transportation getting these hikes easy or is kind of like you just, you know, rent a car and try to like get out there by yourself, very secluded? Oh, no. Um, transportation in Hong Kong is the best, I think. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, if you need to get somewhere, there's always a way to get there. And it's quick and it's cheap. Um, so most of the hikes obviously have some way for you to get there. Um, even one of the hikes that ha- are that is like way, way, way out in the middle of nowhere, there's still um, a bus that takes you to the beginning of the hike. Um, Which one is your favorite the... hike? Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Um, I think my favorite hike was, um, it's called Suicide Cliff. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is, it sounds daunting, um, but it is a really beautiful walk up. Um, so there are several ways. Suicide Cliff is notorious for, you know, this. there's this cliff that kind of just um pokes out of the side of the mountain and it's just like this amazing view if you can get on the cliff right Um, but it you know it takes some climbing and and so um and it you know there have been a couple people that fallen so um that's where it gets its name but Uh. it's actually an amazing walk up there so I think it took us there are several ways to get there there's a way I think there's three different ways to get up there and I the most difficult way is one where you're basically climbing up the whole time. Um, but we wanted to, and I think that that way only takes about an hour and a half if you climb up. Uh, but we wanted to take the longer route. I guess we, we just weren't in the mood to climb. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, took the longer route, which took us about three hours. And that I really don't regret taking that way because... It was still, you know, kind of challenging. You're still going up all these steps, and um, it's, you know, it's quite a walk. Um, and when we got up, 
you are as you're going up to the peak, you start being surrounded by all of these bamboo trees, and you not only are you surrounded by the bamboo trees, but you can also see over the trees, and you can see the other um, seaside towns around the mountains because there are towns that, or you know, different areas. Hey, I hope you're enjoying our show so far, and if you do, please consider joining our Patreon page at patreon.com/daystravel, where your contribution will help us with our research and put out more content. Plus, you'll be giving back to Mother Nature. It's a win for everyone. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, brought to you by my contributing Patreons. That are on the other side of the mountains and. You usually don't see them with the rest of the city. Um, so it's really cool to go up and be able to see those seaside towns and like the, you know, the beach and all around you is like this beautiful Chinese bamboo and you're just, you know, in awe about it. It's honestly so beautiful. So going up there was amazing. And then once we got up to the cliff, um, the sun was going down. And so we can see, you know, half the city. And then as the sun goes down, um, the lights start turning on and you just see like the amazing Hong Kong lights that you see in all the pictures and I think that was probably the best hike that I've been on it was really really amazing wow that's amazing that sounds incredible actually yeah it was it's so cool because on one side of you know they're on one side of height of a hike you can see like all of the nature and um all the amazing animals and then once you get to the top you're able to see the city from a different view. So I think that's the best thing about Hong Kong is it has this beautiful mix of like urban with nature. I'm definitely adding that to my list now. Yeah. That's the way you're describing it. Um, okay, last question, and this is more for the audience. And um, I guess, you know, you're, you're, you, were, you said you grew up in Texas and you've been only part of a small community and then you just made this huge shift after just being part of a camp experience meeting new people and then making long-lasting friendships and then you just made the jump to live in hong kong and now traveling all over asia and you're planning to travel more into asia like what advice would you give to anybody that's kind of like you know i would say not not scared but kind of like on the fence of like doing or exploring yeah Okay, this is probably, I, I think this is probably, like, the most extreme. <laughs> but I, you know, growing up, you're told don't talk to strangers. But I have found, while traveling, at least here in Asia, that talking to strangers is probably the best the best decision you can make. Um, I have learned so much and met so many amazing people by talking to a stranger. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so I know everyone, you know, um, is a little weary about that. There are definitely some places that you, you know, can't necessarily do that. But from my experience here, um, being able to just, like, meet someone and then, you know, ask, you know, what are you doing here? Um, Where are you from? Uh, Then, you know, you start talking to someone and then next thing you know, you're at a karaoke place with them in the middle of Japan. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I think talking to strangers is probably, like, the best advice because, you know, especially people who are traveling solo because traveling solo can be really intimidating. Yep. Um, But I I think that's the best way to, like, get through a a solo trip. You know, it's something that a lot of people don't do. 
and you know even when I'm with friends it's nice to just meet different people and then have the ability to like do something in that country that a lot of people don't get to do um I think that would probably be the best advice I could give to someone who has you know hasn't traveled yet um and, and you know is a little unsure about you know well what if you know, I'm, you know, alone or if I feel lonely or, you know, I'm going to be scared, like being in this different country. I think, you know, talking to people that are also in that same situation really makes you feel comfortable. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, do you have any um, social media plugs or anything that you want people to, to look into? I know you, have uh, to. you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. If, you know, anyone is interested in seeing the different places that I go to or have any questions about anything, um, they can follow me on Instagram. It is at Olivi, O-L-I-V-I, underscore Osa, O-S-A. And honestly, my Instagram is just filled with traveling photos. So if anybody wants to see a spot and they're like, oh, I want to I wanna see that place. How did you get there? You know. Yeah. And that's how I actually usually do my research for me to like do my series and travel is to look at other Instagram and look at the location they went and their photographers and then map yeah. it out that way and do my own research on the computer to make sure right. like I got everything ready because every other like situation is different so you got to prepare for it because I mostly do right. travel so it's kind of like if I'm if I forget something I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Instagram, everybody wants the good grand picture. So, you know, finding that spot is a good way to like really, you know, just find a place that you want to explore to. So, yeah. Well, again, thank you for being on the show, Olivia. Just want to thank our guest one more time, Olivia Loreto, for joining us this time. And if you have an interesting travel story that you want to share on this podcast, go to www.daystravel.com. Go to the podcast page scroll all the way down and email me and i also want to give a shout out to all my patreon contributors because this episode wouldn't be possible without you guys lin hua has joined our day's travel patreon community welcome i'm jason and i'll talk to you next time